Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Any good stories from the road? Pipe up. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. Rat poison proof. They're mongeese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Howdy, y'all. Welcome into the Georgia Show, the Sunday edition after the NFL Combine wrapped up. We got the Jakes. We got Palmer Toms, who just hopped into the stream here. Just made it back from Indianapolis, still clearing the uh, horseradish and shrimp <laughs> cocktail out of his nose. Uh, tail we hear he ran all the way back. He he uh, he Forrest Gump jogged all the way back from Indianapolis, baby. All all the way <laughs> yeah, back. He did it all the way there too. <laughs> hey, I, I I could use that kind of distance run after uh, after eating that much. What I did at uh, at Harry and Izzy's couldn't make it in St. Almost, but got the uh, got the sister restaurant. Yeah, you can't really get in there unless you're uh, Jerry Jones, Arthur Blank, someone like that, or or Jay Grow. I mean, I got in with him. Indy's Indy's such a so-so city, in my opinion. It's it, like it like I'm glad that I went once, but I like a return trip was not necessary. <laughs> I don't I don't mind it. I mean, it's I, it's uh it's odd, and it's really you could tell what its function is. They definitely you know kind of typecast themselves in terms of conventions and big events and stuff like that. But I mean, it? do we know why the combine is there? I know I should know this. 
but, but just, so it's just a, geographically central, I think. Is that, uh, that's yeah, I, I mean, that's why I see. Ge- well, it's geographically central. You've got an indoor. You've got an indoor right there, um, and you've got that convention center, man. That just kind of sets everything yeah. up. You know, you get a lot of people who can just, uh, um, you know, kind of move around, and and you know, you get those tunnels and the you know the all the different offshoots of that that convention center that just works so well, like it did for the national championship game. That was a really good situation for the national championship game. Um, I, I don't, I don't know any other city that could have handled that weather that way. They got, a, yeah, they no, got a, I mean, they got an indoor facility at Carrollton High School. Let's hold it. There. <laughs> well, I mean, not, not not having to leave the hotel in in that freezing cold temperature, it was nice. Um, unfortunately, my hotel was not connected to that, and uh, at the Holiday out, Inn, yeah, at the at the Holiday Inn, um, had to figure out, <laughs> called an Uber. Um, to uh to probably half a mile uh on what was that friday when it was pouring rain you wait you called an uber because it was raining it was pouring like sideways half a mile i couldn't do it i pouring rain sideways rain <laughs> the rain that seemed to come up from the ground <laughs> yeah you just got to steal an umbrella palmer <laughs> nah. nah, good call. Good call calling that Uber, dude. We don't want you to get a uh, pneumonia. So, uh, who won? Uh, who won the combine, Palmer? From your view, from your vantage point, out of all the Georgia players, which guy do you think performed the best? And I mean, top to bottom, talking to the media and doing the workouts and drills and all the above. Total package. Who blew you away the most? So, if it's if it's the total package, if it's the the on field. And the off-field stuff, Nolan Smith, without a doubt. I mean, everyone that I talked to, um, you know, that, that recognized that there was a group of us talking to all the Georgia players. They they came up, they talked to us. They're like, "Hey, are y'all from Georgia? Whatever." Blah 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 blah. They were really impressed with Nolan. They, um, you know, I was talking to somebody who covers the Broncos, and he was like, he said he saw Nolan out on Thursday night after um, after his performance. They were out at, at a at a brewery or something there, restaurant, bar, and grill. And um, he went up to Nolan and said, hey, you know, the Broncos don't have a pick until the third round. You're not going to end up in Denver. But anytime I see you like at, at an NFL stadium, at an NFL type event, I'm going to come say hello, make a point to shake your hand, um, because that was what you did on Wednesday in the interviews and the emotion that you could tell that he speaks with. And Thursday on the field, that is a combine that will be remembered for a long, long time. And that's the kind of thing that you want people saying about your program if you're Kirby Smart. Um, you know, I, I thought Nolan came into this week. You know, some people were mocking him in the first round. Some people were, were you know, maybe a little bit lower on him, undersized, a little bit of a tweener type guy there on the edge. Is he going to play hand it down in the dirt? Is he going to play outside linebacker? Um, did a little bit of both at Georgia. And so he showed that he can do it, but the size doesn't necessarily say it. The measurables don't necessarily say it after that kind of a performance, especially considering the injury that that was his first time back on the field since the injury. Um, he, he proved to people that he, he is not going anywhere, that he is the same kind of player that he was when he got hurt. And I think probably solidified himself as a top, top first round pick. First round pick for Nolan Smith. I don't, I don't know if I see that. Um, 
I personally, still, I, I, I listen. He had an incredible combine. Don't get me wrong. And, and Nolan Smith is the guy. If you're a PR office in the NFL, you're falling all over yourself to get him in the room. I think of him honestly still a bit as a gadgety player in the NFL. I think he's going to be kind of a freelance guy, uh, kind of a man without a country, if you will. You know, he's going to sort of fill a lot of needs. I think that that puts him toward the back end of the first round if he's in the first round because those are good teams that have needs addressed in a lot of cases. So Nolan's a luxury piece in that in that scheme. And I think he can be very successful in a role like that. Somebody on our board the other day compared him to like Micah Parsons. And while he doesn't have that size, you know, I think that he could do some of those same things. Now, you know, with uh, Matthew C over here mentioned the Falcons taking him that I see the Falcons to me don't make sense as a, a fit for him because I think they have very clear needs at other positions where they, they don't otherwise. My winner of the combine was Stetson Bennett. I thought that you, from his on-field performance, listen, Stetson is who he is. He was going to come across in any interviews, have to talk about his recent arrest, all that stuff, right? There were not there were not a lot of instances over Stetson Bennett's career where he was mentioned with guys like Will Levis. And suddenly, when you're talking about ball speed and that kind of thing, he's able to, to step into there. He's throwing the deep ball about as well as anybody that they put on that field in Indianapolis. I thought from a pure measurable standpoint and what he was able to put on tape, Stetson Bennett was the guy who probably helped himself the most when it came to Georgia's guys. I thought it was a big win for him. Yeah, it's just so hard to showcase, you know, obviously the arm strength, but no one's rushing you. There's no pass rush. Sure. You're just throwing a ball deep. But he did it back to back to back. He set him up and knocked him down. Uh, his 40 time was good, not great. I was surprised that Max Duggan outran him uh, on that Lucas Oil Stadium turf a little bit. He was fleet of feet, but Stetson Bennett was still quick, and it looked like he kind of led up towards the end. It almost seemed like he didn't really care too much about well, his 40 and, and, time. And I'll hop in there on that. He told us that when he was asked about the 40, uh, he told us he hadn't worked run an entire 40, and this is a day before he was set to do it real deal. He said he hadn't run an entire 40, was working on the start. And I think that's what people really care about with the quarterbacks especially is is that burst. And and from I saw clips. I didn't see what people had to say about it. I definitely thought that he – was slower towards the end um, and, and, you know, maybe, maybe let off the gas a little bit around the 30, 35 mark. Um, but out of the gate, I thought he looked pretty good. Uh, there's, there were a lot of guys who had a really good combine. I would probably, you know, just to be different, um, I would probably go with Nolan, but I, I just to be different, I'll say Darnell Washington. I think it was probably, you know, Nolan and then Stetson and Darnell Washington right there. I mean, the catch, the, the sub four, seven, um, you know, this guy, I mean, listen, the, the, the similarities with Robert Gronk- Rob Gronkowski are unreal. And he may be one of the first guys ever to get measured wrong at the NFL Combine because he came in under six foot seven and then uh, showed that picture on Twitter where he was standing beside a six foot seven guy. Both of them had shoes on. Darnell was looked like he was an inch and a half taller. Um, but I mean, here's my thing about Nolan Smith, though, is the Micah Parsons thing, okay, it's tough to imagine a guy being that good because Micah Parsons has been that stinking good at the NFL level. And he was that good in high school, too. I mean, he yeah, was, he, he was, he was he tremendous. He was a throughout guy. And he had a really good – he had a really good sophomore year at Penn State, skipped his junior year, all that stuff. Um, Nolan's a little lighter, but Nolan's a little longer. Um, you know, doesn't have quite as big a hands. He's a little tad bit shorter, but not a lot. 
guys, when you're talking about four three nine, um, listen, you're not just talking about an edge guy. You're Jake. You called him a gadget guy. I think he's. Just, I think he's a weapon guy. I think I, he, it, to me. I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing with you. But I, like I said, I, to me, it's like he can fill a lot of things. He's just he's he's a, mm-hmm. a nebulous player rather than like a, a clear. This is what this guy does. He's a he's a floater and sort of a a creator. And I think, like yeah. I said, that's a very dangerous thing to have. But I I don't know if you're a high round team that that benefits you as much as it does those lower round teams. I think you need guys that. This is what you do because we don't have a guy who does this. You want a sure thing, but, like you know how you can pigeonhole this guy, what you expect from him. I think not so. waiting That's to see what he's going to do down in and down out. Whereas you may be more willing to take a chance. When you're but when you're a back end, when you're a back end of the first round team, that is, you know, you've got the quarterback obviously, or you wouldn't be a back end of the first round team. Kansas City, Philadelphia, you're sitting there, you're looking for a guy that can rush the passer for you on third down or he can drop into coverage for you on third down. And listen, I I think the the number one thing teams are going to flip on and watch on film of Nolan Smith, they're going to see a job doer. They're going to see a guy who's going to go out there, he's going to do what he's coached, he's going to play within the scheme, he's going to play with his hair on fire, and he's going to bloody noses. And that's the – I mean, you know, not really kind of drawing, you know, parallels to his bloody nose his first practice at georgia and put a tampon in there and cut it off uh you know i, I put tampon in a headline thinking it would hit nobody said a word it just broke my heart no uh, after but, yeah, I mean, after tiger woods tampon gate no one really knew I, what to yeah do we're all staying that. away from tampon apparently maybe i should have not have done that maybe i've stepped in something i'll get here from the aclu <laughs> or something but uh yeah i mean i just i think the world of the kid and i think a lot of nfl teams are going to feel that, that way too even if he is kind of a man without a home because we we've seen positionless players be very successful in the NFL. And, you know, I think he's kind of a, I think there's more pass natural pass rush in Nolan Smith than what we've seen. And I think we were getting a glimpse of it last year before he got hurt. I think we were headed for like a, for probably what would have been in my mind, a nine, 10, 11 sack year. Um, and, you know, he's, he's coming off the pec injury. He's durable, um, you know, outside of that one injury, and it was a major injury, a freak injury. He's a, he's a special football player. And, and I'm, I'm not saying that from a – he's not a special pass rusher yet. He's not a special, um, uh, you know, put, your, put his hand on the ground guy. But I think you can back him up and play Will. I think he can play Mike. Um, he can do a lot of different things for you. And when you can run like that, man, uh, and have – and you're a football player. That's the thing. He runs like that, and he is a fantastic football player. He just He's just not an elite pass rusher at this point in the game, and I don't know that we've ever had a chance to really nail that down because, listen, outside of Aziz Ojolari, Kirby Smart hasn't produced a 10-sack guy at Georgia. And while he was at Alabama, he only produced a couple there too, and, and, and or only one there, and that was, uh, that was uh, Jonathan Allen. Michael might be the next guy. Um, yeah, might I, be. I, I, listen, I, for me, though – and the reason I went with Stetson here is that I feel like we thought Nolan had the capability to do that. Maybe not four, three, nine. That, that was, that was pretty shocking, but we thought he would run a good 40. We thought Darnell Washington would perform well. Both of those guys were being mocked first uh, it, prior to the combine. So it depended on who you were looking at. To me, Stetson was the guy who really, I think imp- improved his stock the most based upon what he was able to put on tape and be and do in person. But but let me ask you this, Bruce. 
where do you think he goes after seeing that workout? I think and he's. Is, I think, and is that all that different than where he was probably being mocked anyway? I mean, it's I it's think, hard to say yes. because a lot of those mocks don't go that far anyway. I You're think wrong. he gained. I think he gained some ground. I think he's. I think he's. Problem. I, th- I think he's got. Listen, I, low end of the, the back end of the third would be would be where I think that I mean, and I think that there's some out there that have said that before. But you worried about would no the arrest, would the arrest knock him down? You know, would would these character concerns public intoxication shouldn't knock him down? I, I don't. I agree with you. I agree with you. But but if they're looking for reasons not to take you, so you've got an arrest now on your card and. We think you're short, and you didn't go to the senior bowl. Your pop gun arm, you know. So uh, he's he's able to go out there and dispel a lot of those notions, at least in my opinion. Now, uh, the, the other guy I think that that, that really did himself. I mean, not that not that he needs the favorite, but I, Broderick was Broderick had a fantastic one. We had yeah, a, Broderick had the fastest forty time of all the uh, O linemen. Broderick um, should be a pass rusher, and I think Jake Rowe called that. Uh, yeah, he didn't run as well as I thought he was going to. I, I thought he might break four eight. I really did. Uh, what was what did he come in officially? Because I saw the one that was four nine eight. Four um, nine eight he is was what I was four nine seven. Okay. Now, I mean, if we're just going, on it ain't Lane times, Johnson, but he probably, and he also put on some weight. I mean, 311 pounds, and and coming in over six foot five. That was that was pretty remarkable. Let's just think about that. That much mass moving with that much speed that's like a physics class homework assignment it shouldn't be allowed your 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 teacher would say you can't do this math that does not compute but he did it uh i'll take keely ringo as the guy that won and i'm just going off of 40 times but we knew he was a workout warrior we knew he was going to be able to move and we knew he was going to be able to move quick but he moved really quick when you look at all of the players in the combine, Ringo was the eighth fastest guy total, not just out of DBs, not just in his position group, total. And if look, there are question marks around the guy, but you wanted to see him perform and actually back up what you think he can do and uh, what he did unofficially. And when the lights were shining the brightest at that stadium – um, for the combine, that is, he's run, I think, quicker <laughs> under brighter lights against Alabama in that pick six. Red but uh, Keeley with a banner performance showing off his speed. Red a question from Andy Stowe, I think. Well, Did Kenny Max Forty drop him around or two? <clears throat> uh, no, I don't think it dropped him around or two. I think based on what we talked about earlier in the week, he was already kind of uh, slated as. Uh, the number 10 11 12 running back in the class anyway so i don't know if one bad workout is gonna drop him but uh, i'm not sure what y'all think about that wes and and actually on keely he was tied for sixth um there with at a four three six um you know jake you pointed out darnell and i'm, I'm glad that you did because that was the other one that i considered either Either Nolan or Darnell. I think Darnell did just as much on the field as Nolan did. I think the off the field stuff that Wes included there um, certainly was was incredibly impressive for Nolan. Um, and, and one name that I think is worth mentioning, and, and I see Rhett mentioned it here in the yep. comments, um, Robert Beal. I mean, to me, yeah. 
if Nolan didn't do what he did, Robert Beal might be the name that's getting the most buzz on on Thursday, the first day of the combine. That, Nolan just one upped him in every aspect of it. That might be that that might have been for me in terms. I, Yes, Rhett's, Rhett's spot on. He probably played himself into the draft after yeah. probably isn't like an undrafted guy. That number he put up on the 40 might have been the most surprising thing that a Georgia player did this week. Yep. Yeah. I, 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 I did not. Four, four, eight. I did not know Robert Bill was running four, four. And honestly, like when he ran, when he had posted a four, five, eight, I was like, whoa, like, are you kidding <laughs> yeah. me? Like, that's, and then all of a sudden he's a tenth faster than that. I mean, yeah. it was that was pretty incredible, and you know, it, there there were a lot of guys I feel like who helped themselves. The thing I think that's going to hurt Kenny McIntosh more than anything is running a four six two or whatever he ran at a two hundred and four pounds. And you know, there were folks for years because because and Kenny became a victim of being mismeasured out of high school. Um, everybody had, I think he came out, he was six one two two ten two fifteen, and everybody's thinking, oh, six one two ten. He's going to be 6'1", 225 in no time. And he was never that big. Not one time. I don't think there was a time in Kenny McIntosh's Georgia football career where he weighed 210 pounds. He, he's always been kind of a thin dude. He's never had super big legs or, or you know, he's never put together compact like De- DeAndre Swift. Um, you know, you see you, – you would see him get up, up beside a guy like Zamir White, and you're like, one of these looks like a grown man, and the other one kind of looks like more of a scat back. Um, and, and, you know, listen, I got all the respect in the world for him. I've, I've, I've talked ad nauseum about how great I think his season was this past year, but I think that if anything's going to hurt him, it's going to be kind of being that slide of frame guy and running like that. But, you know, cause James Cook goes in there last year, runs two tenths of a second faster. Um, and, and I'm not so sure he was all that different of a weight, uh, there. I don't, I can't remember what he measured in at, but, um, it, I think that is probably the combo is going to hurt him a little bit more than anything else. Uh, another one from Rhett Womack. How about Scott Sinclair and the credit that he deserves for these guys when you do see Nolan top five in the entire combine for his vertical and we, you uh, watch him run the 40. You see other players, Keely Ringo out there running quick 40 times. And look, guys have bad workouts, and Kenny will have an opportunity to have a better workout at Georgia's Pro Day uh, if he chooses to do that. But it is – a sight to see when you do see so many Georgia players. Yeah, there are a lot of them there, but they're still showing up and doing their jobs. You see them performing, doing great stuff, uh, running in a straight line, but also jumping high. Darnell Washington on that sled. I mean, he Ooh, made, really that made that cat. thing look like he was he just made, pushing a revolving he made, door. He made it look. He made it look like how it's supposed to look, and he made the other guys look so much worse in comparison. That was the thing. Like it's how he did it is how a lineman does it, and how everyone else did it is how a tight end does it. I mean, all of a sudden though, after this combine, I mean, obviously you've got uh, you've got well, I don't know. Obviously, Jalen Carter now. You know, I don't think it's a given, um, but I still think it's likely he gets taken in the first round. Jalen Carter. Uh, Broderick Jones, I think, extremely likely to, to get taken in the first round. I, I don't know. It's I don't, 
I don't, I don't think know. it's a given that he goes in the top. Atlanta Falcons pass on Jalen Carter at, the, at their pick. I'm going to hang myself live on the show. Hey, listen, <laughs> I don't, I don't, we won't do the show then because uh, I think we know what's going to happen with the Falcons. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you, I, I think he will. I don't think it's just 100 percent anymore. I think now instead of being 100 percent, you're looking at 98 percent or whatever. And it, you know, listen, I I don't know how these teams are going to think. I don't know what else is going to come out all that stuff about, you know, uh, about the the situation there. But let's say, okay, Jalen Carter, uh, Broderick Jones, um, Nolan Smith, very good chance. I think Darnell Washington, excellent chance of getting drafted in the first round. Maybe Keely Ringo sneaks in there as well at that great speed. We'll see. I don't know. But you've got a shot at five. I don't think anybody thought Georgia had a shot at five last year. Did, did any of y'all have Quay Walker and Lewis Seen? You can tell you, I definitely didn't. Um, uh, I need to go uh, back and think about – what I was thinking, but why it surprised me as a first round pick. Yeah. Last year. There there was a lot of buzz right around the draft that he was that he was getting up there. Um, but yeah, and and, and I probably would have said I thought Nicobe would go in the first round last year. Um again, the buzz the opposite direction there. Um, but I mean you're right. You know, it, it wasn't a given that they were going to get five. And, and hey, it, it, it took the last pick for them to get five in that first round. It took the Vikings trading in um, to that 32nd pick to get five for Georgia last year with Lewis Seen going there. One thing I will add on this Jalen Carter conversation before we completely change topics. and Well, we're not completely in. changing topics. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean – I'll add this on Jalen Carter, and and if it applies to the later co- topic too, we can talk about it more. It was important for him to come back to Indy and talk to these teams and answer whatever questions they had. Um, it was important for them to do that, and and I know that having talking spoken to some people there, talked to some people there, um, it was important that he did that, and and I think it would have. The, the chances that he slips um, are a lot less because he came back um, than they would be if he didn't come back and was ghosting everyone um, on this situation. Yeah. Well, it just depends, and I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. But I think how his draft uh, status gets impacted by this depends on what he told a lot of those teams before this happened and how much he knew and – what comes out about what he knew and what he told them. And if he was fully transparent and he knew this was going to happen or he had any kind of inkling or uh, on the flip side, if he didn't, I mean, those are the two things. I think those are the the biggest factors in how much this impacts his, his draft status. So yeah, I, I would, I would say that if he was transparent or if he just didn't know that the warrant was going to be issued right before he's supposed to take the podium, you know, if it was genuinely a surprise to him, then maybe it doesn't impact him. And if that's the case, he's still going in the first round. Yeah, for sure. And I just like to say, uh, you know what has an impact on me? Breaking tea. Breaking tea has an impact on me. <laughs> Take it away, Jake. I just, I just wanted to find one of Wes's. <laughs> I just wanted to do a Wes segue. No, go for it. <laughs> these and are all awesome Jake. Yeah, that's right. The impact these things. These shirts have an impact on me. Uh, my wife wears one sometimes. It looks really good on her. She's smoking hot and he's breaking teas. Uh, go get you one. <laughs> get your smoking hot wife a smoking hot breaking tea. 
<laughs> and we, hey, listen, we don't have these for sale yet, but soon enough. Soon enough. Dogs HQ, baby. Got the They're swag. Comfy. The swag. They're comfy. I'm hoping to get mine this week. Uh, all right. So, yeah, Palmer, not totally changing topics here. Um, <laughs> Kirby Smart, I, I, since since we spoke I, I, last. Can I, can, I, yeah. can I butt in one real quick here for a second? Yeah. Right now, what do you guys think of the draft? Because right now I think here's what's going to happen. Five guys in the top 50 is what I, is kind of the way I look yeah. at it. You get five guys in the top 50, and then it's going to be break time. It's yeah. going to be kind of like, hey, guys, uh, you know, let's – you might, it might not, we might not, we have to wait until day three at that point. I think there's a good chance you get five in the top 50 and then we go to day three. Yeah. You know, I, at, that point, at that point, I was going to say, I think you're relying more so on people betting on the culture and the production of Georgia football players rather than what people put up and, and what they were able to between there, I think. But yeah, you're probably right based on just what we have measurable wise and uh, otherwise yeah it's it, you probably got a break coming is that is that all too different than what you thought before the combine because that's kind of what i came into the combine thinking that that those five top 50 and then you've got some guys that may be a, a third round pick um you know a, a, i mean hell i didn't think that james cook was going to go in the second round last year right. i didn't think um i i mean what did um I didn't think John Fitzpatrick would be drafted. I didn't think John no. Fitzpatrick would be drafted. By the way, I looked it up. I looked it up on James Cook. I looked it up on James Cook. Five pounds. He, he's given up five pounds to Kenny McIntosh, but ran a four four two. So he he literally ran two tenths of a second faster at five pounds lighter. I wouldn't I'll, I'll draft, take the I, over I on Andy's seven and a half drafted. I didn't think uh, I didn't think Justin Schaefer would be drafted over Jamari Sawyer, but the Falcons exist as a real franchise in the NFL. So <laughs> nothing's off the table. I didn't think that Jake Camardo would be drafted before any of. Oh, you didn't think he'd be. You didn't think he'd be drafted. I thought he would be drafted, but not in the fourth round. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Didn't didn't the Raiders? Didn't the Raiders take Shane Leckler in the second round one year? I believe so. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, wow. And and Seabass was a first rounder, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Bucks also took. um, We're the new Raiders. <laughs> We're the new Raiders. <laughs> the the Bucks took the Florida State kicker in the second. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, what was his name? Um, um, Aguero, Roberto, maybe? Roberto Aguayo. Aguero, yes. Agu- yeah, Aguayo. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, no, they took Sh- no Shane Leckler went in the fifth round. I, I'm I'm I've uh, I'm I'm You've lost unstable. your mind, Jake. I'm unstable. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. I don't have a segue here. Let's uh. <laughs> Let's take a look back at what Kirby Smart had to say. He spoke with uh, Mark Schlebaugh, uh since we've spoken last about answering Georgia's culture problem concerns. And I think when you look at this, you got to look at the difference between some individual decisions and massive cultural problems. And the sentiment of this to me is that you do just have a handful of guys doing this. Now, it's your higher profile guys. It's your guy that could be a first overall draft pick who probably won't be now. I don't think he'll fall out of the first round, but number one overall, you want to check every positive box you possibly can. Maybe he is totally exonerated, uh, as Jalen Carter says he will be in a social media statement. But as of now, that would kind of surprise me. But when y'all look at what Kirby Smart told Schlebaugh, how he answered this, 
how he immediately shut it down. Uh, he seems pretty confident that Georgia doesn't have widespread culture problems. And I tend to agree with that. Now, there is a lot to fix, and there is a trail to blaze, and Kirby Smart has to do it, and he has to be pretty out front about it. And there's some work to be done. But culture problems, that was kind of the buzzword from a lot of people that wanted to bash the Georgia Bulldog pinata this week. And I just didn't see that being the case. Keep saying it, man. Those insurance premiums for those young dudes are rock, are sky, rock, are sky high for a bot, for a reason. And that reason is that these guys are young, dumb, and you can fill in the rest. They, they're just not. They, I drove like a maniac when I was that age, like an absolute crazy person. Don't start, Roos. Don't start. You still do. You almost got me killed with you one time, James Brown. <laughs> that wasn't my fault. He came out of nowhere and hit me. He sides. He, he just. He. I thought it was my fault in real time because I was like, "There's no way he ran that stop sign." Just I bet you were exactly. That. I bet you. Uh, yeah, not not, not Rose's fault there. I was not texting. <laughs> what, but anyway, what's, what's the story here? Some some dude named James Brown ran a stop sign and just just crushed me. T-bone me on uh, the way to Weaver D's. No, I'm try- yeah, trying to go get a pork chop at Weaver D's. And this dude just, I mean, I was upset about. And and you know the great part about it, the ambulance came and took this dude off, and I had to walk to the damn hospital, <laughs> get my eyes sewed up. It was the worst thing I'd ever seen. Did like, you walk? You know, what hospital did you walk to? I walked he had to, to walk Athens. from downtown Athens to Athens Regional, <laughs> just bleeding out of his face. Yeah, I did, we were on the backside of downtown Athens, and, and my man ran a stop sign and smoked me. And I had my—I mean, I'm bleeding from my eye, just coming as just dripping. And uh, I'm over there like carrying my stuff from my car because it's totaled. Did you I'm get like, the I got pork a, chop? I got an arm. Heck no, man. No, where, where, I got, where, where did you go in all this? He, I went to the hospital. I walked yeah. to the hospital with him. Where else was I yeah. I don't know. You mean Weaver D's? <laughs> <laughs> he was smart. That's what he would have done. Hey, yeah, they, you know what, they you came know and put my man on a stretcher. They came and put my man on a stretcher that 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 hit me, and I had to walk to the hospital. Like, like you know what might be walk. worse than, than the fact that they made you walk to the hospital? I've never had Weaver D's. Yeah, oh, man. Well, all right. I was having this discussion with right. It ain't what it used to be. It ain't what it used to be. It's closed eighty-eight times since the last since the last time I went. So, no. Listen, the culture the culture concerns things. I think I think Kirby said what he needed to say. I thought it was nice to have Nolan Smith back it all up. He didn't have to do that, but that's the kind of guy Nolan is. You know, again, the NFL recruiting PR, for him. The, the the NFL PR department's going to be falling all over themselves to get a guy like that in. The only thing that I and I said this on the board and I, listen, I'm not I'm not calling Kirby Smart a liar. It's it's it, there's a very real chance that he did not know about this, but I have a really hard time believing that he didn't know about that incident report with Jalen Carter that that there running. With the I I I just I don't believe that. And and so does that cast a little bit of a shadow on the doubt of some of the things he said for me? Eh, maybe a little bit, but. Overall, I don't see it as a widespread problem. I see it as a couple of a couple of people who have issues that are, in a lot of cases, small. Driving fast, driving recklessly, are things that a lot of people do until something bad happens, mm-hmm. and until and, and and that's just kind of how it is. And I think that there's people watching the show, listening to the show, people on the show like Jake Rowe, who that. <laughs> I'm kidding, but that's but that's the case for that's the case for 
it's ever present thing. And I don't know that it ne- necessarily reflects on anybody, one, in, one, one institution, one person, one program negatively. That's just some people's prerogative. And, and I, that's a hard one to change. It's not like you have rampant drug use or, you yeah. know, people well and, and it's not like kirby never addressed it either uh right. he told schlebaugh that there was you know if you're if you're on social media you've seen that some communities just have like reckless street racing that's just part of what you you uh, exist in that's what you see on a day-to-day basis is people just doing street racing and kirby smart said that before the season i think it was bryant gant's recommendation that they have someone from Athens, Clark County, or some sort of law enforcement figure to come in and say, hey, don't do this. This is reckless. This is dangerous. It hurts people. So when I look at that, could they have done more if they actually did know about Jalen Carter speeding and uh, having that run in with the law that didn't amount to anything officially? Uh, Other than that, it sounds like Kirby Smart at least, and his staff at least, warned these guys and told them don't do it i mean at that point how much can kirby smart be blamed for these well, and, repeated incidents now if and, it keeps happening then yeah no, i'm all no, for it man like you've had no, some pretty glaring no examples of why it shouldn't happen and, and why it shouldn't happen from here on out there's no chance a cop in athens talks to a georgia football player and kirby smart does not know about that that that's that's just off the table in my opinion but well, Rose, and, you said Ro, you said something uh, on the board the other day that I, I thought was really interesting, which was the, the the car culture, perhaps around the around the football team, and you know the some of the the vehicles that I mean, listen, if you go to a practice at Butts Mir, those are not slow cars that are parked out front. Yeah, they they really need to get a deal going with Hayward Allen Toyota, uh, get some Priuses <laughs> up Camry. in the game, um, right. Camry. Just, get, just get some guys some well, four and- cylinder Camrys. Not seven hundred and seven horsepower uh, track hawks. Well, and 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 what I was going to add is, Roos, you're absolutely right that it's unfortunate that it takes something of of this magnitude to happen for people to learn from it. But you're right that it does, and it's also not just a Georgia thing. It is a you'd be crazy to believe that that Georgia is the only college in college football that has all these guys that have these fancy cars that are out there driving fast. You'd be crazy to believe that. And I think because of what has happened this offseason, we're hearing about it. Um, again, it's, it's incredibly unfortunate that, that that happened and that we are learning about it. But I think that – what hopefully comes from it is that these guys learn a lesson from it. Um, you know, Kirby smarts, not behind the wheel of these cars, guys. He's well, not, he's not putting his foot on the accelerator. I'll tell you this. If you don't learn that lesson now, you're not going to learn it. I mean, that's it. Yep. Period. I mean, yep. if you're, if you if you were a friend of Devin Willicks and then what happened happened, it, that's it. I mean, you're just it's the only, the only thing that's going to change is your own maiming. No that's question. The only yeah, thing I mean, and, and, you're going to hurt yourself or somebody else, and that's it. And and here's my question to y'all: Is I mean, if you're Kirby, you know how how do you how do you get the point? You know, drive the point through the skull of these guys any more than you already have doing a program like that? Do you, do you suspend them a game? I mean, well, I mean, you no. you have to do no, something. I, I, and and, and I, to me, that feels like the only thing that you can do is, hey, what you're doing is is 
you know, making a point, what you do off the field is going to affect you on the field in the future. And it's going to affect and, the team. And, and it's going to affect your team. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's going to do that at the pro level. It's going to affect your draft stock potentially. Um, and, and, you know, the only way to get that through to them in college is a suspension, a, a game suspension, a half suspension, a quarter, whatever. Uh, I think you, uh, I think you go, multiple games for Jamon Dumas Johnson if he if he's if all of that comes through and he is guilty of said crime um you know said you know reckless driving and because that's the guy that's still under your roof that's the guy you still got a chance to do something with he's a team leader okay he's he's an emotional leader for that team he's a leading tackler uh you make an example out of him and you don't make an example out of him to embarrass him you you pull him in your office and you say hey listen this is uh Jamon you you know you acted recklessly off the field uh, we're going to we're going to suspend you for two games, three games, four games. And honestly, I hate to bring it up in this context, but you can afford to. That schedule's uh, garbage. Uh, yep. And, uh, and if and you weren't going to bring it up, I was well, going to say everyone's thinking it. So yeah, you can play Casey Martin and UAB without Jamon Dumas Johnson. You set you set an example for him. You make Jamon hurt a little bit and and grind a little bit and and be that much more cognizant of how his teammates are behaving off the field. Um, because I think that's the kind of guy that can have an impact on that. I mean, he he was – Jamon was around the whole accident too. I'm not saying he had anything to do with it. I, I definitely am not saying that. But he was there, and he spends a lot of time around his teammates. I mean, this is a cat that doesn't go home for Thanksgiving because he's got to go to Maryland. Uh, you know, he, he's he's around all the time. He, he's, he's there. And uh, I think that that's, that's – you kind of got a golden opportunity here to make an example and to set an example, and I think you can do that um, with a guy like Jamon Dumas-Johnson and have it reverberate reverberate throughout the entire team. Well, yeah. and, and let me – I want to correct Darren on in from the comments. He was arrested after the deaths of others, but the occurrence that he was arrested for happened before the crash. He was yeah. arrested for he was arrested a, for reckless I driving. Battle, right? He was arrested yeah. for reckless yeah. driving the day that they got back to Athens from the national title. This was the that Tuesday. The on 10th. a different road. It looks. I mean, it's a bad look. No, no doubt either way. But I mean, it. it yeah, the timing's important. Right. Right. I just. Mm-hmm. I just want to get that straight. You know, so that so that we don't have people in the comments that are confused. He was arrested after it, but the occurrence. The actual reckless driving occurred before the crash. And I don't and, – and listen, the culture thing, I think Kirby Smart brought up a really good point, and that is that as NFL guys and, and others, you know, you'll tie this thing back to the combine. These people walked into Georgia's building last year, and they decided that there are 15 guys that they wanted to play on their football team. And, you know, because they got a chance to see the culture, they got a chance to see the guys and spend time with them. Um you know, listen, uh, Georgia won a second straight national championship. Um, the night after they got back, their guys were running hot, and uh, Jamon Dumas Johnson drove like a bat out of hell. And that happened, and he got arrested for it for some camera evidence. And then the night after they celebrated that championship, it went way too far. And um, I don't think any of that is on Kirby or any other individual up there at that building. I think it's just some guys who just handled success and handled celebration really poorly. And, um, you know, I've handled celebrations really poorly before, too. Um, I'm probably lucky that nobody's ever lost their life. Um, but, you know, it's it's at the end of the day, um, you know, they it, it was a fatal mistake that, that some people made. And I don't think we can forget that 
you know, there was somebody who broke protocol. They also got behind the wheel of a, of a vehicle two and a half times legal limit drunk. And, uh, you know, good things don't happen often when that happens. I will, I will say too, as well, that Kirby, I don't want to, I don't want to say he's getting, he's getting a pass on this, but, it, but you can tell things have changed a lot because listen, in the Mark Richt era, this was, this was classic. Mark Richt has lost control of blank stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the, yeah. the, 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 so, so I, these questions in my mind are fair. People saying these things, making these comparisons. I see where they're getting at. I, I'm not saying that I agree with it, but I understand where it's coming from because 10 years ago, this is, you know, has lost control of the program. Yeah, so I think we all agree that what happened is not necessarily on Kirby's shoulders, but what happens next is. Yeah. And, Ro, I, I, I think you're right, man. You set an example with playing time with someone who has committed that crime and that has done that act that you have to control right now. Whether he does that or not, that specific way, you know, remains to be seen, but – Everyone's watching Kirby now. How are you going to handle this? How are you going to enforce it? Forget how do you worry about a three-peat. How do you take control of something that has clearly gone out of control on the accounts of multiple different guys? So that's what this spring is going to be about. Unfortunately for a lot of other good storylines, a lot of other good players, that is what a lot of people are going to be talking about around this team. And it's going to be the biggest challenge. It's going to be the toughest offseason that Kirby's ever had. And in an ironic twist of fate, it happens after winning a back-to-back national championship. Just absolutely insane. And the fact that 77's not there should be, you know, uh, that, that makes it tough for everybody. And that should be all the lesson anybody needs to learn. But Kirby can't, Kirby can't bank on that. He can't bank on that. Nope. Uh, guys, let's get to some dog stocks. Bruce, I'm going to start with you, man. We uh, didn't get to enjoy a Georgia show with you on Wednesday night. So you had a February recruiting roundup recap, what have you. Explain to us what uh, what's changed, what's improved for Georgia. What, what do we need to know? What's on the horizon for the dogs as we get started with March and get close to wrapping up the spring semester? Is this my stock? Can I do it as a stock? You can do it as a stock. Stock okay. up on on or stock down on. Stock up on it's all happening again, man. It's all happening uh, this weekend. Georgia was off this past weekend for uh, spring break, and um, so there was no no recruits on campus. A lot of schools around the country did host guys: Alabama, Florida State, etc. But uh, the Bulldogs did not because they were on spring break. However, they'll be back next weekend, and everything kind of gets popping off again. And I'm going to say huge stock up on Georgia's official visitor list. You can see the full list over at Dogs HQ. We're updating that thing almost daily with the guys that are confirming their visits and locking those uh, official visits in. But it's a who's who. If you haven't read it today, go check out Chad Simmons' story on Jeremiah Smith, the number two player in the class of 2024. Uh, number, Number one wide receiver by some margin, a guy that a lot of people believe, um, you know, has that Marvin Harrison ability, um, you know, can go into and be a, a difference maker from day one. So, um, you know, a guy who is looking at Georgia now with uh, maybe a different lens, Ohio State commit, and going to be interesting to see how that goes. Speaking of Ohio State commits, I did an update with John T. Gilbert today. 
uh, number one cornerback in the class of 2025. Spoke to him down in Carrollton at the Under Armour camp. Georgia, feeling like home for that young man. He said that would be a huge, huge flip, and Georgia is putting in major work in that 2025 class to flip a guy like John T. Gilbert. So stock up on the official visits, and like I said, it's all about to ramp up. So get over to the dog walk and check it all out. Good stuff. I'm going to stock up on Georgia left tackles. Um, guys, it's a fast track to the NFL. It's a fast track to success. It's a fast track to a lot of money. Even when you snub a guy like they did Jamari Sawyer, he's just he just he's he's gonna be a starter in his second year. He's probably uh body holding up. Uh, his body holding up is the only thing that's gonna keep him from probably being a eight to ten year starter in the NFL. Andrew Thomas, uh, you know, up there, Isaiah Wynn still in the league. Uh, and then uh, now uh, Broderick Jones is is coming for it as well. Um, quick tidbit: Don't be surprised. Georgia starts the spring with young Austin Blasky at left tackle. Whoa! You heard it here Ooh. first. Ooh. I will. Uh, uh, Wes, you can go. <laughs> All right, thanks. <laughs> I'll I'll go uh, stock down on this. Uh, intrepid georgia tech reporter over uh at sports illustrated that claims that georgia will lose to georgia tech in the 2023 football season um just that's all i have to say hey listen west going true dow jones here sometimes they go up sometimes they go down they've been going down a lot lately strong finish to the week last week though uh just stock Dang. down on Georgia Tech in general. Yeah. Baseball. I mean, this. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's my step. <laughs> oh, my stepping on your toes, Palmer. <laughs> oh, I mean, a little God. bit. That, that, was <laughs> I considered. that was one that I considered. I was, I was going to go stock <laughs> up on Georgia baseball, getting two wins over Tech with, with by a 23 to 8 margin in the first two games. Did not complete the sweep today, uh, but Tech was previously undefeated, number 16 in the country coming into the series. And, and the bats are hot, Georgia is uh is is hitting a lot of home runs it's fun baseball to watch um they got to get the pitching together they'll go as far as these bats will take them um but i was gonna go i was good that was one of the things that i considered also considered something along the lines of jake's stock report uh with the left tackles um ernest green stock up on him according to these nfl bound linemen um they are big ernest green fans think he's the favorite to uh to take that left tackle spot so um i guess it's i guess it's jake's word against uh the word of, of well no uh, i'm just saying he's starting spring starting right spring right 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 yeah. um and 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 look Ernest is somebody that's coming off of an injury um they they did say when he gets back healthy um you know that they, they did add that caveat in there that um but had some really high praise for him and what he did last spring coming in as an early enrollee um, and, and wasn't able, wasn't able to get on the field uh, this year, but um, they, they, they think that he's got a good chance to get on the field this coming season. Ernest so Green. My, uh, my stock report goes in two wet directions with, uh, with what Wes and uh, Jake both had to say. My wow. prediction on that tackle thing before we go is I think you're going to see it much like it was this past year. I think you're going to see three guys play tackle 
uh, Marius Mims, Austin Blasky, Ernest Green. Uh, may see Monroe Freeling kind of slip in there and get some mop-up time too, but I think you're going to see three tackles playing crunch time because at this point you got to build depth and you got to get ready for the next football season um, in, the, in the swing of things. And if you've got some guys that are doing it, um, I think you've got to kind of do that. And, and, and I think that Stacey Searles – uh, liked what happened this past year because both of those young, you know, both of those tackles jumped ship in McClendon and and uh, Broderick Jones, and and he wasn't left, um, you know, holding the bag there. He he has one one, and then you know has to find a way to fill the other two spots. And I think he'll play three guys. And uh, listen, Blasky's had a good off season. They're really high on him. They've been high on him for a very very long time. And uh, I think it's very big for Georgia at this point at this juncture that he's sticking around. He's there for spring. He's going through walkthroughs and. You know, I've heard a, I've heard a birdie or two out there talk about uh, the fact that he's you know they've been doing walkthroughs to this point. They didn't this past. They're not going to be doing it this week because they're on spring break. But uh, prior to this week, has been doing some walkthroughs at left tackle, and it's been Austin Blasky. That would be a, a, a if they could keep together Ernest Green and Monroe Freeling and rotate those guys in. I mean, I'm assuming yeah. I'm assuming I'm assuming Mims. I mean, he's already tried to jump ship once. If he has a good season, maybe he takes a look at the NFL with his measure. Correct, and, and and you're also looking at Austin Blasky probably moving to center right. next right. year if right. if uh, if if he um, you know, obviously if Cedric Van Pran does as everybody expects and goes pro like he yep. almost did this year. Yeah. Um, Nick Saban had a quote. I know I'm bringing up Nick Saban on the Georgia show, but we're almost we're almost done. So you can go ahead and leave if. <laughs> if you uh, don't want to hear this right, pearl of wisdom. <laughs> but Saban said uh, that his goal of spring practice is to get the right guys on the bus, get them in the right seats, and get the wrong guys off the bus. Georgia's got a lot of guys on their bus, and there's only so many seats to go around. But the cross-training that they do, especially on the offensive line, that's just out of this world, man. That's that's some first-world problems and first world uh, things to love because Georgia is doing it on the O-line. I, I don't know how many teams have the luxury that they do. And Stacy Searles, man, showing up at the right time, showing up at the right time, whether you like him or not. Game passed let's, by, I hey, let's cliffhang him a little bit, Wes. We, hey, we'll get into this offensive line thing and these Amarius Mims questions the right tackle uh, in the next show. You guys come back and see us on Wednesday. I know I'm just cliffhanging a bunch of guys that ju- are going to be here anyway because you guys love us and we love you too. Uh, but uh, no, you, you, you always got to keep it coming back for more. Jay. Come, back, hey, baby. come back on hey. Monday for the for, uh, for Bark After Dark. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we will not be talking right tackle with Andy Staples tomorrow night. <laughs> I saw I saw Andy this weekend and uh, almost made a mention. Uh, didn't it was was a little busy and he was on the phone so. Probably He's probably be. eating, eating something. Hey, Andy's looking good now, man. Andy lost about about 40, 50, 60 pounds. He's lost some weight. He looks great. He looks awesome. Yeah, I don't know how he does it, man. It, y'all need to y'all need to get to the bottom of that. Guys eating thirty dollars worth of Taco Bell and still looks like that. I think <laughs> I think he's only eating in those moments and then just like fasting until the next. I gained eats 11, like a jar of mayonnaise or something. You said I heard you say thirty dollars worth of Taco Bell. I gained eleven pounds. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm guys, just fantasizing. It's about economical. Thirty dollars worth of Taco Bell. <laughs> guys, two shows to go till we get to see some spring football. Maybe okay till, till spring football is existing. 
Yeah, now yeah. that when that is a cliffhanger. Not about nothing. It's not up to you. <laughs> we got we got Wednesday. We got Sunday and Bark After Dark in in there as well. Shout out to my man Uncle Glenn, loving Taco Bell. I love Taco Bell. I, I knew it. I knew Uncle Glenn loved Taco Bell. Uncle Glenn's the coolest. <laughs> Uncle Glenn rocks. Uh, so does everybody else in the comments. Even you, Tennessee man, appreciate y'all checking us out head on over to dogshq.com the premium special still going on through the end of march 29.99 head on over there read more about what these knuckleheads have to say on the screen with me and on the side of the screen over here it's a lot of fun it's weird but it's great and uh it's been a tough off season in some regards but georgia's still back-to-back national champs and there's still a lot to celebrate over there Y'all hit like and subscribe if you have not done so already on this YouTube channel, Bark After Dark. Different kind of show, a little bit of a different flavor with the two Jakes, producer Palmer, tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Don't miss that. And we're back here every Wednesday and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Y'all have a great week. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older in present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York.